This is Against All Enemies, a show about threats to American democracy. Political violence is on the rise. An alarming percentage of Americans believe they may have to take up arms against their neighbors. Some are already doing so. Against All Enemies highlights the activities of extremist organizations and their enablers. Our goal is to educate, not to alarm. The threats are real. But if we know what we are up against, together we can beat them. It's Ken Harbaugh with Against All Enemies on the Midas Touch Network. It has been an extraordinary few weeks. Former President Trump threatened America's top military officer with execution. And General Milley answered during a speech at his retirement by reminding Americans that those who serve in uniform do not swear their oaths to a wannabe dictator. That's a direct quote. And just today, General John Kelly, Trump's former chief of staff, went on the record confirming some of the most egregious stories about Donald Trump's treatment of wounded soldiers and Gold Star families. I brought all this up with Mike Breen, an Army combat vet and current CEO of Human Rights First. We'll get to that conversation in a second because I first want to share Pete Buttigieg's take on all this. It's just about perfect. It's alarming, not surprising, but given you've served and you're a longtime public servant, what is your reaction to that? The, the level of disrespect for the American military, not to mention for uh, for the general, is is both shocking and not shocking. I mean, look, this is part of a lifelong pattern with the former president that I would argue was first displayed when he uh, faked a disability in order to avoid having to go to Vietnam and allowed, I assume, some working class uh, person to go in his place and has continued ever since. Um, made a name for himself by uh, under, you know, uh, basically saying that, that uh, he did not respect John McCain because he was a war hero. Uh, and, you know, look, a, a lot of this obviously is to get attention and uh, you hesitate to reward that. On the other hand, we, we do in fact still have some boundaries that matter in this country. And one of them is that our regard for the military and our respect for the military is nonpartisan. It's non-political and it's universal. And that is especially important because that's part of how the military does their job. I knew every time I put on that uniform, every time I went to work, every time I got into a vehicle, every time I, I went outside the wire, that I was with men and women who were serving and supporting each other and responsive to a chain of command that was not about politics, that did not, uh, did, did not break down because of our political differences. This undermines that. It, it threatens that. And it threatens it at a time when we need those institutions that are still at least somewhat outside of the chaos that the last administration sowed and that some extreme uh, House Republicans are sowing as we speak. Uh, we, we need what the military has to offer by way of nonpartisan stability more than ever. Mike, great to have you back. Pete Buttigieg as always, is just so cutting and clear-spoken in his criticisms of the former president. He's also a fellow vet. What did you make of his commentary? Well, you know, Pete, as always, is, is pretty much right on on this. Um, you know, when <laughs> when you start out your relationship with the military by, by, you know, being an athletic guy who lies about a disability so some other guy can go fight a war in your place, uh, you know, that pretty much sums it up, but it, it, it goes on and on and on. Right. Um, I mean, the profound and utter disrespect uh, that he continues to show for everybody who's ever worn the uniform, uh, for the families of those who made the ultimate sacrifice for our brother and sisters that we've lost, for their loved ones, 
for the for the wounded, um, including in military actions he's ordered as president. Yeah, just it, it, it's really it's it's profoundly just kind of disgusting. Um, you know, and I think Pete Pete summed it up really well. It's 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 rooted in an unbelievable level of dishonesty. And I think what's fair to say is that is at root a cowardice, um, a belief that the world revolves around him and his own life and his own welfare and his own comfort uh, is 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 all that matters, and that the rest of us ought to be you know in service to that, which of course is the exact opposite of the ethic that that binds together the millions of us who've worn the uniform. Pete spoke about that ethic as well, the idea that the military is nonpartisan non-political. I'm beginning to worry more about that, though, in ways I never did when I wore the uniform. Um, I imagine you felt the same when you were in the army, but I look at the military now and the the compromises it's having to, to confront. I look at Millie being asked to wear battle dress uniform on that march to the, the church um, where he left before the photo op, but the military is being put in positions it hasn't been for a very long time. Yeah, and you and I have talked about this a lot, and you, you know I agree with it. I, I think back to my own service and my early years as an officer and, and someone training to become an officer. And you know what, what General Milley said at his retirement ceremony and has said many times as chairman, uh, that we don't take an oath to a king. We don't take an oath to a dictator. We don't take an oath to a tribe, an ethnicity, a political party. We take an oath to the Constitution of the United States. I, I remember that sentiment and those statements so frequently being part of what I was told as someone joining the military, all through my training, to the point where it was kind of a cliche. It was one of these things, oh, they're just reinforcing the incredibly obvious fact that this is who we are as a democratic military. And we've reached a point where simply saying that as the country's senior uniformed military officer, will cause the former president to encourage his followers to kill you on social media. It's the same words I've been hearing my whole career, but you know, but now all of a sudden they're divisive. That is very scary. It is. And you have the president himself saying that Milley should be the former president. Milley should be put to death for disloyalty. I mean, I cannot think of another time in our history when something like that has has been done. No, it's it's hard, and you have to go back to the Civil War, and even then, you know, there there was a, if anything, a, you know, seems to be a greater grace in the officer corps, even as the country went to war with itself, than what we're hearing now. I want people to see this clip of General Milley restating that point that you make about the military not swearing an oath to a wannabe dictator. That's an actual quote. Uh, the, the, the rhetoric is a, is a bit more poetic, talking about the oath to the Constitution and the ideals on, on which we were founded. But then he comes right out and says that when we raise our right hand and swear that oath, it is not to a wannabe dictator, and it is unmistakable to whom he's referring. Roll that clip. We are unique among the world's militaries. We don't take an oath to a country. We don't take an oath to a tribe. We don't take an oath to a religion. We don't take an oath to a king or a queen or a tyrant 
or dictator. We don't take an oath to a wannabe dictator. We don't take an oath to an individual. We take an oath to the Constitution, and we take an oath to the idea that it's America, and we're willing to die to protect it. Mike, what do you make of that? Well, first of all, Ken, I think it's pretty striking that, you know, when a when the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff refers to a wannabe dictator in a speech, and everybody knows who he's talking about, in, including the intended recipient of the remark, um, and that, that in and of itself is pretty striking, right? It, it must be true. You must all know at some level that it's true. Um, and again, I you know, I, I get General Milley both a lot of credit and sort of table stakes for having said that. It's a cliche inside the United States military that these things are the case. Uh, the fact that in this day and age, in this time we're in now, it's grounds for death threats and accusations of disloyalty. You know, that says a lot more about the people making those accusations and those threats than it does about the military. I, I think I see Millie, you know, almost desperately trying to cling to the rock that the United States Armed Forces have been trying to stand on for hundreds of years and, and feeling the current of extremism trying to pull him off that rock and just planting himself as hard as he can with his standard on that stone and saying, no, this is who we are, even in this insane time. Um, and I think we've all got to help the military stay there. There's, there's no doubt of the danger that follows if the military is sucked into domestic politics. Um, I mean, to put it as simply as we can, no citizen of this country, whatever their beliefs, should want the institution with the most powerful destructive weapons in their charge in the history of humanity to start choosing sides in American elections. That, that is not a path you want to go down. Thanks for listening, everyone. I've got a quick break here, but I need a favor first. Shows like this depend on your support. Please, if you can spare five seconds, click the link to the podcast version of the show below and leave us a five-star review. It really does help. Thanks. The fact that General Milley had to make this statement, though, highlights the the dilemma. And in some ways, it tests Pete's um, sorry, Secretary Buttigieg's, I, I know him from the campaign trail, but Secretary Buttigieg's uh, assertion about the military being nonpartisan. When a former president puts a chairman of the Joint Chiefs in a position where he apparently has to choose sides, but he's choosing the side of the Constitution, of course, there are invariably tens of millions of Americans who see that as as partisanship. And I don't know how you get out of it. I don't know how, if you're General Milley, you take a stand without seeming partisan. Well, I, I think he's doing his best. I mean, he's basically planted his standard on the ground that that every officer who's ever held his role has tried to hold and said, no, you move, you move. This is This is where I am. You got to move. And he's right to do so. It's all he can do. It's all his. It's it's all that that the the men and women who are about to hold these roles in the future can do. Um, and and then it becomes up to the rest of us to try to see clearly what's happening here. I I think what's most striking to me and in some ways most confusing to me is how you know no small number of our fellow veterans can 
look at the former president, can look at a guy who doesn't want to visit the American military above Omaha Beach in Normandy or in Biela Wood because he calls the dead suckers. Why would they die for nothing? Who doesn't want to be seen next to the combat wounded because he thinks they're losers. Who thinks, you know, POWs are losers. And I'm quoting him here in the, in, in the words that, you know, that have come to us through his former chief of staff and cabinet secretaries. Uh, you know, a man who completely doesn't understand why at the end of the day any one of us would lay down our lives for our friends, let alone our country. A lot of these stories to which you're referring were um, were non-attributed, but a story just broke today uh, with John Kelly confirming <laughs> all of these stories, the suckers and losers comments, the aspersions cast against McCain, the the insistence that he not be seen in the company of a wounded soldier. And if there is anyone who would believe a serial liar over General John Kelly, with whom I have plenty of policy differences, but who gave his own son in service to this country and has served honorably for decades, um, I don't know how to convince those people. But apparently, a lot of people in the military are beginning to rethink support for Trump. If you just look at voting patterns, there does seem to be a, a shift underway. It's not as significant as I'd like to see, but it does appear that at, at least uh, a certain number of those in uniform and veterans see through the bluster and the phoniness of the former president. And, and thank God it's about time. I mean, Trump likes to say that unless you're prepared to be strong and police your borders and do other things, you can't have a country. At a fundamental level, you cannot have a country unless men and women are willing to stand up and defend it, unless they're willing to, you know, in the words of the Star Spangled Banner, like place themselves between the sacred home and war's desolation as the most fundamental thing that makes a nation possible, that makes our freedom as Americans possible, that makes the entire political conversation we're having possible. And we have a former president who fundamentally not only doesn't understand it, not only lied his way out of having to do it himself, but disrespects it, views that form of service and sacrifice to country as a form of, of foolishness, of being a sucker, of being a loser, of being you know, somebody who's, had, who's, been, who's been pulled in by some kind of lie, right? This is a man who fundamentally cannot understand service and sacrifice except to himself. You can't have a country with a leader like that. You can't have a country with an understanding of a military that fits in that worldview, right? So he likes to talk about what makes a country. Fundamentally, the willing to stand up and serve and defend that country is what does it. And you cannot have a leader who denigrates that the way this guy does. So, you know, for all of us who, who've worn the uniform, whatever you feel, you know, we just went through 20 years of war, didn't turn out too well. We've all lost a lot of friends. We've all got political disagreements with each other. And God knows with some of our institutions. And I understand that. Well, thank you, Mike, as always, for your perspective. We're going to end with a couple selected clips from that coverage of General John Kelly confirming what we all know uh, about this president. We'll see you. We'll see you soon, Mike. See you, Ken. Thanks. Thank you. And today, Trump's longest serving former chief of staff, John Kelly, is chiming in with his harshest criticism yet. In an exclusive statement to CNN, Kelly says about Trump, 
What can I add that has not already been said? Calling President Trump, quote, a person that has no idea what America stands for and has no idea what America is all about. For the first time ever, Kelly sets the record straight with on-the-record confirmation of a number of damning details about Donald Trump from background sources, including from a 2020 Atlantic story reported with unnamed sources by editor-in-chief Jeffrey Goldberg, including the stunning detail that Trump turned to Kelly on Memorial Day at Arlington National Cemetery in 2017 and asked, I don't get it. What was in it for them? This is Kelly confirming on the record stories of Trump insulting Senator John McCain and former President George H.W. Bush because in Vietnam and in World War II, respectively, the former aviators were shot down. Kelly describes Trump as, quote, a person that thinks those who defend their country in uniform or are shot down or seriously wounded in combat or spend years being tortured as POWs are all, quote, suckers because, quote, there is nothing in it for them. A person that did not want to be seen in the presence of military amputees because, quote, it doesn't look good for me. A person that demonstrated open contempt for a Gold Star family, for all Gold Star families, on TV during the 2016 campaign. And rants that our most precious heroes, who gave their lives in America's defense, are, quote, losers and wouldn't visit their graves in France. Kelly confirming on the record a story reported in the book The Divider, where Trump tells Kelly he wants a military parade, like one he saw for Bastille Day in France, except he does not want any wounded veterans. Kelly confirming that Trump in 2018 in France refused to visit graves of Americans killed in World War I. To CNN, Kelly calls Trump a hypocrite, saying he is, quote, not truthful regarding his position on the protection of unborn life, on women, on minorities, on evangelical Christians, on Jews, on working men and women. And he concludes Trump is, quote, a person that has nothing but contempt for our democratic institutions, our constitution, and the rule of law. He concludes, there is nothing more that can be said. God help us.